Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk everything from Survivor Series weekend. We talk NXT TakeOver from Saturday and obviously Survivor Series from Sunday. We talk about Adam Cole, Rhea Ripley, and Keith Lee and how their stars are really shining after this weekend. Also, when it comes to Survivor Series, we talk about the main event, that triple threat with Bayley, Shayna Baszler, and Becky Lynch. Amazing weekend of wrestling and Bully and I break it down on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. I guess we have to start with Survivor Series from last night. And, man, I, I thought a very good show. There's some peaks and valleys. And let's face it, Bully, I think when it comes to the WWE, there are going to be peaks and valleys. I think last night was a really good example of that. But I think a win for the WWE in general. You said War Games Saturday night. Excellent. I don't think there was one negative coming out of that show on Saturday. And I thought a very good show for Survivor Series. And, hey, man, we talk about it for weeks. The buildup, a little uneven because, you know, it's hard to buy into the brand supremacy stuff when, as we've always said, you know, they just had the draft in October and now you're having Survivor Series for brand supremacy in November. Kind of hard to buy into that brand loyalty. But I thought the WWE did a, a good enough job trying to sell it into what was a very good pay-per-view last night. I thought the WWE did a great job across the board with uh, the two pay-per-views and the Austin sit-down. Uh, I threw up one of my world-famous polls after uh, the show last night. Man, over 10,000 votes, or close to 10,000 wow. votes, and um, TakeOver basically blew away Survivor Series. It was like 80-20. It wasn't even remotely close. It was a squash match on the pole. Uh, TakeOver, just, just the energy, the vibe, the passion, the fans. From the minute that show started, they grabbed you by the throat, and they, lev- they never let you go. And they gave you, they gave you four matches of balls to the wall, pedal to the metal, total nonstop action pro wrestling. And it was great. And it was a hard night to top. I do have a question for you, though, right off the bat. Go ahead. This has been, I I don't know if it's been bugging me, but it's been on my mind because I'm not quite sure what, what the right answer is in 2019. I would say Adam Cole had a phenomenal night at, in, uh, in, in the war games. 
performance-wise, all-around-wise. I mean, all everybody did that night. Yes. But Adam Cole shined pretty bright, right? Yes. Him and Ciampa take that, take that bump off the top of the cage through the two tables. Probably one of the riskiest things I've ever seen done off the top of a cage, um, other than Elix Skipper, wa- you know, walking the tightrope at the top of the cage in TNA like 15 years ago and hitting a Rana off the top of the cage uh, on Chris Harris. Mm-hmm. This was some this was some high risk stuff that we saw from Champa and Adam Cole. They did it perfectly. When I tell you perfectly, I mean perfectly. I mean, you. you I, I don't know if fans truly realize how close you can come to really bad shit happening if something goes wrong. And a lot can go wrong. So Adam Cole takes this insane bump through the two tables, and then he's back the next night to defend his championship against Pete Dunne. I get it. His ribs are taped up. Should Adam Cole have been back in the ring the next night at Survivor Series? The answer to that question is no. I mean, obviously, Adam Cole gave what I thought the best match of the night last night with his his match with Pete Dunne. To me, it stole the show. Best match. So, in that regards, I'm glad he did. But when you see that type of a spot at the end of that match, the way that ended on Saturday... You you got to keep them off the show the next day. And I know it's Survivor Series. I know that's tough to do. And you're telling a story. But if you're going to give that type of a finish like we saw on Saturday, he can't be in the ring the next day. When he was in the ring last night, do you believe that Adam Cole was selling the bump from the night before enough? Uh, he, he definitely sold it enough. Probably not. I mean, he had it taped. There were times you saw him selling it. There were times where it looked like he might be able to finish the match with Pete Dunne, and he couldn't because and, – and really good commentary explaining why he couldn't. But, again, if our thought going in, Bully, is that after that spot he should not have been in the match, then there isn't enough selling you could possibly do because he shouldn't have been in the match in the first place. I, I put myself in the same position as those guys because I've been in that exact same position. After any TLC matches we ever had, we were deliberately, all six of us, were deliberately kept off of uh, Monday Night Raw the next night or whatever the next show was to sell the injuries from the night before. And the bump that Ciampa and Cole took off the top of the cage was as vicious or as devastating or as impactful as anything that I've seen done or have done. So, man, you know, I I can cut some slack with Ciampa because Ciampa was the one giving the move, but the way he took it was just as, you know, just you could say that Ciampa protected Cole more than, you know, Ciampa protected himself. Yeah. I mean, it's just a hell of a bump. I'm not going to sit here and and dwell on it too much. I just wanted your opinion. I'd love to hear the opinion of the nation, too. It's not like it was two days or three days later. Maybe they should have went with a different psychology of the match, Dave. Maybe instead of getting done and um, and Cole in an ultra-competitive match, they should have shortened up the match with giving the entire match to Pete Dunne and then Cole just finding out his way to squeak out the win and go right back down to selling the injuries. I don't know. Maybe that's the way it went, but I agree with you. Incredible match by Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, baby. Or, or Bully, you push it off to Wednesday. 
Yeah, you know, I don't I, know if you can do that because I think that crowd is going to be disappointed true. if you do that. They're going to be really disappointed. So you're kind of backed into a corner a little bit. You you know you promised them Cole on Survivor Series, and Cole's going to get the winner of uh, you know Pete Dunne, uh, Priest, and uh, and Killian Dane. So you kind of you kind of have to do it. And if you're going to take that bump the night before, I just. I don't mind Adam Cole being there. Just wish they would have went about it a little bit differently. And again, you're talking about with Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, the match of the night at Survivor Series. So it's it's it, we're not complaining about it, but you're talking about the psychology of it. Also, too, when you're oh, don't t- worry, Dave. Don't worry, Dave. Most people heard us complaining just now. They didn't hear us put over Adam Cole. They didn't hear us put over everything great that he did. All they heard was the little bit of questioning of the way it was done or the questioning. So they'll rag on us. Don't worry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they can call in as well at 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. I'm really looking forward to talking to the nation today. No guest. It's all about us on a Monday. Um Here's the thing, though, when it goes back to Saturday and the finish to that War Games match, again, that spot with Champa and Cole, and then, and we talk about this a lot when it comes to NXT, Moro's call. I mean, that, that is going to be a, a, a sight and a sound that is going to last forever with NXT. 25 years from now, they're going to show the end of that match and hear Moro's call. I mean, that's how moments are made, and that was a moment to end War Games Takeover on Saturday night. We, we talk very highly of Moro on the show. He does a phenomenal job. He did a phenomenal job the other night. Beth does a, a, a great job up there. Uh, Nigel does a great job. Obviously, Morrow is the, the shining star of the three, in my opinion, just because of his enthusiasm and his passion. On a side note, I thought Nigel did a great job last night on Survivor Series. He really shined. A um, little bit of <clears throat> interesting Twitter action, obviously, with Morrow and Corey Graves. Still not sure how I feel about that. Seems like a lot of people are jumping on Corey Graves for just voicing an opinion on something. Saw a lot of people saying that Corey Graves was bullying Morrow. I'm not sure how if I get the bullying aspect of this. Um, do you have an opinion on it by any chance? I do, and I kind of disagree with you on this one, Bully, because okay. I think I think we know uh, Moro Ronaldo obviously has been very outspoken about his own challenges with mental illness, and uh, you. I think you have to take that a. You have to take that into consideration, and another thing, just being in business together, they 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 work for the same company. Um, I'm not going to say that uh, Corey Graves is wrong in his opinion. Like you said, that's his opinion, and. So some of what he's saying, I kind of agree with. You know, Morrow shines, and you do have a former Ring of Honor champion, and you have a Hall of Famer with you, and it's. I, I think it's probably difficult for them to kind of call a match because Morrow's sh- star shines so bright. If if you have that opinion, why go to social media to voice that? If you if you really feel that way, then maybe that's a conversation you have with Moro, or maybe that's a conversation that you have with somebody else within the company. I don't feel like, especially since you play for the same team, that you have to go to social media uh, in order to do that. I understand Corey Graves has a podcast that he's trying to sell as well. I don't know if that's a tie-in, but to me, uh, if you have that opinion, I, I don't think social media 
is the right place to do it, especially knowing that Morrow has his challenges with mental illness and he's gone public at that. It's going to make you look like the bad guy and it's unnecessary. Uh, <clears throat> that's a fair take. I'm curious to know if you agreed with what a lot of people were saying where it was bullying. Well, knowing how, knowing that Moro and the challenges he has, I can see that as being bullying. It's unnecessary. Maybe bullying is is the wrong term. To me, it's just unnecessary criticism that should be done in house and not on social media. But in a way, as you've admitted, you kind of agreed with with Corey Graves' take. Not not a hundred percent, but I I'm sure it's got to be a little rough for Nigel. And I'm I'm not speaking for Nigel. I mean, or or Beth Phoenix. Maybe they're completely comfortable with their roles. I'm just saying. And this is not a knock on Moro. Moro is so good at what he does, and he's so over the top, and his and his star shines so bright. It probably is a little difficult for Beth and Nigel to make the call. Did you think that Nigel was able to do a better job last night on Survivor Series without Morrow right next to him stealing all of the shine? Um, I, I think you saw how good he can be, yes. Well, th- th- okay, I totally understand. Yeah, good talk about that. Uh, I mean, and, and this I, is where a day like today is so tough because you had Survivor Series, you had NXT War Games, you have this controversy with Graves and Morrow and Allo. You know, and again, you had to sit down with The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Pretty crazy 24 hours for the WWE. And I'm not looking at Morrow and Corey as a contra- uh, uh, controversy. This this conversation is now done with because I just wanted to get your take on it. Yes. I've seen so many people on social media. I listened to Morrow's call on Saturday. Phenomenal job as Amazing. always. I, I saw the tweet by Corey and I was like, Huh, I wonder if he could have not hit send on this one, but I understood his point of view because Morrow is so over the top that it's impossible, you know, you know, to keep up with him sometimes. So, you know, I, I see the back and forth. I didn't agree with the bullying. That's the only thing I think with that, that word we're throwing around entirely too much. I didn't agree with the bullying, but I get your point of view where, hey, maybe somebody, you know, maybe Corey should have took into account, you know, Morrow's feelings or something like that. I, I, I understand the point of view. I don't agree 100% with it, but I understand it. Well, it's not it's not so much his feelings. It's his bouts with mental illness that, you know, you probably have to take into consideration. But you said something that's very interesting, and then we'll move on because there's so much to get into. But you just said something interesting, and then I saw Gabby and Alex Metz kind of nod as you were talking. And you said you probably want to think that over before you hit send. And I'm wondering if a lot of athletes, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of executives, as we've seen over the last couple weeks, I'm wondering if they actually think things out before they hit that send button. Because I know for myself, if there's something where I have a little bit of doubt, I actually think before I hit send. I'm wondering if other people feel the same way. Corey's a very smart guy. Corey's a very, he's a witty guy. He's... He knows what's going on. I, I, I don't know. Maybe if we have Corey on one day or if he wants to answer on his podcast as to why he felt it was necessary. Like I said, I, I didn't think it was horrible. But like you said, it was probably unnecessary taking into account the, you know, the trials and tribulations that Morrow has to go through. He's and, a co-worker, and, you know, and, the, and, 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 and maybe Morrow. Maybe Morrow takes things on social media, you know, more seriously than other people take him. Obviously, by 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 him not being on social media right now, I guess he has. 
Um, but like I said, Dave, I just wanted to get your take because we hadn't talked about it. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. I do think that War Games was the better show over Survivor Series, but I think we say that with every takeover, that takeover seems to be better than the pay-per-view we see on Sunday, Bully. I mean, to me, it wasn't even close, and I'm not talking about the action in the ring or the performance of the athletes. I'm talking about the crowds. That takeover crowd was, I mean, their passion and energy is infectious, and... If, if you go back and watch, watch with your ears. Watch the beginning of TakeOver and watch the beginning of Survivor Series with your ears. They started with the women on TakeOver and they started with the women on Survivor Series. And there were two completely different vibes in the room. And I don't want to hear all this crap about, well, you know, Survivor Series, a lot of families there, blah, 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 and kids and this and all that happy horse crap. No, man, it's Chicago. All bets are off. Chicago is Chicago, okay? Just the way Philly is Philly and New York is New York. That crowd on Saturday night was rabid. They were into it. They loved what they were getting. They got that women's war games to start the show. I wasn't a huge fan of the the three-way women's Survivor Series match because, to me, it came across as crowded at times. There are entirely too many people out there and entirely too many women who don't get the same opportunities to wrestle. So you saw some real rust out there combined with other girls having to make sure that some of the other women were on the same page. I would have much preferred to have seen this been two teams. And I know that you couldn't do that. I just felt there were a little, uh, there were too many women out there Mm -hmm. for that match. And I don't think the crowd were nearly as excited. Actually, I know the crowd weren't nearly as excited. Now, once we got to the end with Rhea and Sasha, and we're going to get into that, obviously the people were there because they were really excited, you know, for, for Rhea, the, the showdown with Rhea and Sasha. But how did you feel about the, uh, about the way the show started? I, I feel the same way. When you go to the way that War Games started with, with the two teams, here's the thing. You had the, you had the heel turn by Dakota Kai, and you're emotionally invested in all those women. Seriously. Like, even the ones that you haven't really got to know, you're starting to get to know them over the last couple of months. So there's emotional investment. I can't say the same thing about the opening match for SummerSlam. It's completely different. And I, I, I wish I could I wish I could say differently, but let's it, face it, it's the truth. There was a lot of women in there that, first of all, you haven't seen in a while. There's women there that you have no emotional investment with. Carmella, I, I love Carmella. She seemed like a fish out of water in that match last night. Do you agree? Yes, I think there were a couple of women that, that seemed like that. It just It's just the way it is, uh, especially with the chemistry amongst, you know, you're talking about 15 women. They're, the girls from NXT, you know, have never, you know, you know locked up with the girls on the main roster. Yes. Never touched before. So there's got to be a lot of things that need to be worked out while you're live on pay-per-view. And, you know, sometimes, 
You know, it, it's not going to go the way you want. And I'm not even talking about the physicality, Dave. I'm just talking about the vibe in the room. I don't think that opening women's match on Survivor Series captured the energy and the vibe in the room the same way TakeOver did. I don't think they opened up with Detroit Rock City on Sunday night. They sure as hell did on Saturday. No, they they, they didn't open up with, uh, for those, they didn't finish or open up with For Those About to Rock. They, they did with Are You Ready by ACDC. We know the difference <laughs> between those two songs. But, like, listen, and again, not a knock, but Sarah Logan, Carmella, Dana Brooke, what's the emotional investment with these wrestlers right now in, in this? And, again, it's about brand supremacy. And brand, brand supremacy, as we said, not a lot of loyalty there. It's only been a month. It doesn't really matter. When it comes to NXT, emotional investment. They hate each other. They don't like each other. And then when you see wrestlers that actually hate each other, Team together for brand loyalty? Come on, man. It misses the mark. I don't want to see Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair together because they hated each other 24 hours before that. So it's hard for me to just buy into that. They're now working together for brand loyalty. It's as if it's as if before the match happened uh, on Sunday, Rhea and Bianca Belair must have been in the back, and Rhea probably said to Bianca, hey, girl, I'm really sorry that I smashed your face into that garbage can. You think we could be friends tonight? I I understand your point of view, but yeah. it, listen, it's 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 sports entertainment. We got to just kind of throw things to the side. Uh, speaking about Rhea, um, I took to social media last night. I thought I was really happy that they put Rhea over because I think it's the right decision. Um, that girl, that woman, is a star and will be as big of a star as the WWE will let her, and they should let her be a huge star because she's a homegrown WWE talent. So the sky is the limit with her look, her stature, her ability, and she's only going to get better once she's working with better people. Um, Last night, she was in the ring to end that match with one of the best in Sasha Banks, and she gets the 1-2-3 on Sasha. I didn't love the way they went about it, though. I would have liked to have seen Rhea win clean. Why not? And here's my reasoning, Dave. Did Rhea Ripley pin Charlotte Flair clean on SmackDown? Yes. Exactly. She, they, were, they were in a three-way match. Charlotte had the figure eight on. I forget who it was. And Rhea slides in and is able to, to, to catch one on Charlotte and get the one, two, three. That is as clean as clean gets and does wonders for Rhea. You got Sasha in there last night. You could have done the same thing. There's no harm in building a star in Rhea Rippler, Ripley and having her going over clean on Sasha. When I put that tweet out last night, all of the Sasha fans came out of the woodwork. Oh, you're gonna, you want to bury Sasha more. Oh, you want to bury Sasha more. And then they go into detail. They buried her on this date. They buried her on this date. They buried her on this date. Sasha, you're not being buried by putting somebody else over because if it's done the right way, it's impossible to be buried. So, do, you know, losing a match does not mean you're buried. And if they felt the need to protect Sasha the way they protected her last night with the other two girls running back in, I would have went about it a completely different way. You want to hear about it? Of course. If it was me, if I had the pencil in that match, and I know my number one job is to get Rhea Ripley over, I would have had the last three women be Asuka, Sasha, and Rhea Ripley. 
because that that shot alone of Asuka, Sasha, and Rhea gets Rhea over to the moon because now she's in the ring with two of the top females in the company and two of the top wrestlers in the company. And now they go at it. You give a little bit of a, a three-way dance right there. Rhea is able to catch some kind of a small package on Asuka, gets the one, two, three on Asuka. Asuka's able to kick out at three and a half. As soon as Asuka comes up in disbelief, she goes to spit the mist at Rhea. Rhea moves out of the way. The mist goes in Sasha's eyes. Rhea gets rid of Asuka and then hits her finish on Sasha. One, two, three. Now you've protected Sasha the same way they tried to protect her last night. And you got everybody's stuff over, and you put Rhea over really, really strong. Why not? I mean, that's a great, like you said, the three of them in the ring together is a great visual. And the way you just played it out is perfect because there's no loser in that. No one gets hurt. And let's face it, even if Rhea did pin Sasha clean last night, is it really hurt Sasha Banks? You just mentioned about how Rhea pinned Charlotte on Friday. Is, does that Did that hurt Charlotte at all? Going into last night, are people saying, well, you know, Rhea pinned her clean. You know, I don't look at... No! But it does wonders for Rhea Ripley. Same thing when it comes to Sasha Banks last night. Uh, and, and you set the precedent last Friday when you had Rhea going over on Charlotte. If she can do that, if she can beat Charlotte, who's the best woman's wrestler in the company, if she can find a way to pin Charlotte, well, then she can find a way to pin Sasha. And that's not burying Sasha at all. You're in a, you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a Survivor Series match. You're in a fight. It came down to the one-on-one. So we, we need to protect Sasha. Okay. I would have liked to seen them protect Sasha in a way that's more befitting of the warrior that Sasha is. Not having the two other girls run back down. And I didn't even understand why they were taken out of the match by referees. And if they were taken out of the match, why were they even let back down? If they were so hurt that they could not continue, why did the medical staff let them run back down? You see what I mean, Yeah, Dave? of course. And if, and if they were faking their injuries, which they obviously were, to, to, to go back down and be involved at the end, how did they know that Rhea Ripley was going to be the last at the end of that match? I mean, that's taking a big chance by leaving a handicap for your team in the hopes that Rhea's going to be there at the end. Man, I would have loved to have seen that because Rhea Ripley standing there with Asuka and Sasha makes her a star because now Rhea is standing there with two of the most over women in the company. Um, so, yeah, that's the way I would have I, I I liked what they did. I didn't love the way they did it, did it because I think they could have made a bigger star out of Rhea Ripley last night. Again, though, Bully, like you said, mission accomplished because they did make a star out of Rhea Ripley the whole week. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the entire week, especially SmackDown, TakeOver, and Survivor Series. They have a star in Rhea Ripley. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. What did you think of the uh, uh, the triple threat that means absolutely nothing between... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. 
I'm sorry. That's brutal, Dave. I got to stop giving you my takes in the pre-show meeting, Dave. They influence me. I got to be honest with you. (laughs) Really quick to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, Bully. I came in today, and I'm all all happy. I'm smiling because, you know, great Saturday night, great Sunday. And I like Survivor Series. And Alex is like, he's like the old, he's like playing me. It's like we switched roles. It was like we went to. It's like we went to bed last night. It's like one of those bad '80s movies when you go to bed and you wake up and the father's the kid and the kid's the dad. Something happened last night. I fell asleep. I became Alex Metz and Alex Metz became Dave Lagreca. I'm all happy and giddy. What a great night last night. Alex Metz like, you know, damn this and damn that. And back in my day, they did this, they did that. I was like, I don't know what the hell happened, but. Uh, so, what, what did you think of the main event last night, the triple threat? Um, did you watch uh, Austin and Taker and the Broken Skull? You did, right? Yes. Okay. Rem- do you remember when they were talking about Taker and uh, Goldberg in Saudi Arabia? Mm-hmm. What word did Austin and Taker use to describe it? Well, they they said, like, bad day at the office. Bad day at the office, yeah. off night. Yeah. I think that the girls last night just had an off night. I don't think the chemistry was there amongst the three of them. The effort was there. I just don't think the chemistry was there. And I don't think the people were ever able to truly get into that match. I'm not quite sure why. We could sit here and pick it apart. Um, You haven't been on board with Bailey being involved in that match. She always felt like the third wheel. Yeah. From Jump Street. So maybe because the match had no repercussions. Maybe because it was for nothing and just a regular match, the people weren't into it as much as we thought that they would be. When I looked at the women last night coming out for the main event match, especially in Bailey's eyes and Shayna's eyes, they looked like they had gone over that match 50 times. Sometimes wrestlers can go over something so much that it actually winds up screwing them up because all they're worrying about is move after move, spot after spot, and everything has to be absolutely precisely as we talked about or everything is going to crumble. And that's what I saw last night. I saw three athletes out there, three performers, going through everything exactly the way they planned it, and they had probably gone over it at nauseam. Or they didn't go over it enough. But I don't believe they didn't go over it enough because they hit everything that they were supposed to hit. There just wasn't any emotional investment in the match. And I think that's that's not me telling you. It's the audience telling you. And that's the biggest thing, Bully. First of all, you mentioned Bailey. And and listen – I haven't been bored on Bailey being in this match because I just think, and I think everybody would agree, it would have been a better matchup if it was Becky against Shayna. That's just a better matchup to me. And Bailey felt like a third wheel, and she felt like a third wheel during that match. Also, Bailey was the first one to come out, and she did her whole shtick and everything. She's the bad person now. She's a she's a heel. She's all in black, and you know, and. She's she's out there, and she's standing in the ring. And maybe it has to do with what you just said. Obviously, I don't know that world, so you explaining it, I appreciate it because I never think about them going over the match not, um, too much or not enough. But I actually saw worry in her eyes. Like there when, you go. When, when, when Shayna Baszler's music hit, they showed a close-up of Bailey in the ring, and, and I want everybody to go back and watch it. She looks worried. And I'm like, is she playing it up? 
because she's going up against Shayna Baszler. But I'm like, wait a second, she's the she's the badass heel now. That doesn't make any sense. But she, you actually saw the look of worry in Bailey's face last night. Uh, and that look of worry can be, like I said, maybe they didn't discuss this enough. I don't believe that that's the answer because after I watched all of the action, all of the physicality, it looked like everybody was supposed to be where that they were supposed to be at any given moment. So it wasn't like things broke down in the ring and everybody was scurrying to get back on the same page. What I saw was maybe I don't have this, maybe we don't have this enough, or maybe we've gone over this entirely too many times because listen Shayna's never been in there with Becky she's pro or or Bailey correct mm-hmm. I, I I don't know maybe maybe no. one Steve you know so when you have three talents that have never touched each other before that don't know each other's timing uh you know when you have two wrestlers who've never touched or don't know each other's timing it's hard enough you know when you have professional ballroom dancers who've never, ever met before and you put them on a dance floor, one immediate takes the lead and one immediately takes the follow, but the dance is never perfect first time out. And that's with two people. You add a third and things are going to get a little wonky at times. So I think the over-planning, the having to be in exact spots at any particular time, I'm not sure if that finish by did anything for Shayna. I mean, she, she made Bailey tap. Uh, is, is Shayna a bigger star in your eyes today than she was yesterday? No, because you have to ha- also have to take into account what happened after the match. She got her ass kicked by, by, by Becky Lynch. So well, I, that's I, them. That's, that's them protecting Becky. It takes the shine away. I think from getting the victory. Now you mentioned about chemistry in the ring. And I think you're absolutely correct, but you also said something else bully that really, had, for me, a tough time getting into this match. And you mentioned emotional investment. That's what is tough about Survivor Series when you have brand going up against brand. And I think you heard it from the audience. Now, Bailey, you have to put aside because I do think she's a third wheel. So let's focus on, in on Becky and Shayna Baszler. You had a crowd last night in Chicago that was pro-NXT. I think they were really rooting for NXT. But don't forget, Shayna Baszler is somebody they were booing 24 hours ago. You know, they were booing for her team. Now they're they're into NXT, they're cheering for NXT, but then there's Becky Lynch, which is the most popular wrestler in the WWE. Who do you root for? Who who are you going against? Who do you hate? It's a real tough situation when you're in front of a crowd that's sold out. And I think that's why you got the mixed reaction like you did, and ultimately a crowd that was flat in that match. And you take all of those little reasons and you pile them on top and you get the ultimate reason of why they weren't, you know, why they weren't invested. Too many decisions to make or who we like or who we don't like. We're not necessarily, like you said, as a fan, not necessarily that invested in Bally. The match wasn't wowing anybody. So I'll just call it an off night. Maybe it was an off night for the performers. Maybe it was an off night for the fans, too. Maybe they just weren't into it, and it happens. They didn't. The, the women didn't do anything wrong. I can't sit back and go, oh, well, you know, they, they screwed this match up because they did this wrong and they did this wrong. No. They went out there and they did what they planned to do. But sometimes you plan to do something and it just doesn't work. And that's the problem you run into in a wrestling match where everything is planned from Jump Street. You don't know how they're going to react all the time. This is where the art of working comes in. 
Working doesn't mean you plan a match move for move and then go execute that match move for move. That's not the art of working. The art of working is going out there knowing just a limited amount of information, like maybe just the finish and then going out there and dancing with your partner and feeling the crowd and feeding off the crowd and seeing what they like, what they don't like. And let me grab a headlock because they seem to be into it. And then let me have the guy reverse the headlock or maybe you got to do a moonsault. Whatever it is, you're working with your opponent and you're working with the crowd to put on the best match. There was no working in that match last night. That was, we have to put something together where we're all on the same page and we have to execute it exactly the way it's planned. Bully, what you're saying is unbelievable. And I love the way you're breaking it down. And the way you're breaking it down, it's almost like they had an impossible task last night because you're 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 dealing with some women like Shayna Baszler who doesn't share a locker room with Bailey or Becky, you know, hasn't been in the ring with Becky or Bailey to be able to have any kind of chemistry. And then, like you just said, listening to the crowd. How do you listen to the crowd when they're indifferent because there's no emotional investment? That almost sounds like an impossible situation for those three women last night. And the cherry on top and the, the match wasn't for anything. There was no stips. There was no, yeah. you know, uh, there's no championship on the line. You know, it, it was a mat. It was just a three-way match. You know what it was for? It was for brand supremacy. And we heard from Becky Lynch earlier in the week where she didn't even understand why brand supremacy was even a thing. So you're right. Even that wasn't on the line last night. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Finn Balor beating Matt Riddle. Great match between the two. Again, this kind of changed late in the game. It wasn't supposed to be Finn and Matt Riddle. It was supposed to be Gargano because of injury. That all changed. One hell of a match between those two on Saturday, Bully. Great match. Can't say anything more about it. And that, and good, chem, good chemistry, good athleticism, good stuff all around. Crowd was into it. Morrow was excited. Guys put on a great show. And here's I mean, the thing. Oh, and, and not to cut you off. No, it's okay. Uh, the best way to describe that match was a great wrestling match. Not a big story going in. I don't know what the story is going to be coming out. But on Saturday, you got a great wrestling match between the two. If you have a cold match and there's no story, there's only one thing you could do. Have a great wrestling match. And that's what they did. Boom. Done. That's it. There's really, there's really nothing more to it. One guy with great, with great ability. Another guy with great ability. Put them in there. Let them do what they can do. Get in, get on, get off, get out. And here's the thing, and you talk about this a lot. No one's hurt. I don't think Matt Riddle is hurt at all by getting beat by Finn Balor. And and it was good to see Finn Balor dominate, which he wasn't really able to do on Raw or SmackDown, but he was able to do it last night with N- with Saturday night with NXT. A nice lengthy match, a great match, getting to show his what he can do in the ring. And again, Matt Riddle loses nothing in a loss. The only way you get hurt in modern day pro wrestling is if they constantly replay something and they force feed a loss down your throat. That's the only way. Now they want you to remember. We live in a society right now where we're very forgetful because it's always about the next tweet or the next news clip or the next piece of information that's coming over. We, we're, we're moving at the speed of light. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, um, you know, take over. And Survivor Series, okay, it's done. Dave, remember about a year ago, or we, we were talking about how 
after WrestleMania, WrestleMania would linger with us for so long. Months. We'd be talking about WrestleMania, you know, back in the day for months and months. Now we talk about WrestleMania the day after WrestleMania, and then we move on to Raw. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost trained in life to crumple one day up and throw it away and forget about it because the next day is right ahead of us. And here's the thing, like back in the day, you know, when WrestleMania was over, you would get it on VHS like six or seven or eight months later. So that whole time it was talk and you couldn't wait to get the VHS tape to relive those moments and watch those matches again because there was still ramifications from those matches on TV. Now you're absolutely right. It's like that's like the Super Bowl, and the next day is week one of the NFL season. You go right into, all right, what's going to happen tonight on Raw? Who's going to come up? What surprises are we going to get? At? And then you're off of WrestleMania, and you're now talking about Monday Night Raw. You're, you're right. And with social media, things move so fast. So you're right. If you're not going to replay it and you're not going to put attention on it, it gets lost in the sauce. Matt Riddle's stock does not go down because he lost a credible match to Finn Balor. His stock goes up because he had a great match with Finn Balor. That's it. No, there's really no much, nothing more to say. And you know who else had a, a good weekend? And you, you kind of forget it because he didn't do it in winning fashion. But it's somebody that not that long ago were like, hey, we're not even seeing him on TV. And that's Damian Priest. You know, uh, I thought he had a tremendous weekend and got noticed on 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 the big stage. He did it at Takeover on Saturday and the number one contenders match. And again, he was part of the whim the, the the men's Survivor Series match. Really good weekend for Damian Priest. Yes, and he's he's the next guy that they're going to be pushing and turning to and and getting ready. Uh, seen this guy for a long, long time. Uh, checked him out in Ring of Honor. Actually, he's Damian Priest to me now. I don't even remember what he... Uh, punishment, 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 punishment Martinez. Martinez. And you yeah. know what? That I love what you just said there, Bully, because at first, I can't forget Punishment Martinez. It's impossible for me to remember the new name until you remember the new name and you forget about the old name. And that is by design, and that's why the WWE does what they do. They bring in a guy like Punishment who they see tremendous upside in, and then they, they tuck him away in a corner. So you forget about Punishment Martinez. You forget about the name. Nobody talks about Punishment Martinez. And then we rebrand him as a name that we want him to be. Now we start pushing him. Now start people start talking about him. And look at this. I know the kid for a long time, and I forgot the name Punishment because he's now Damian Priest to me. It's unbelievable. Another match, though, we didn't get to talk about, and it was on the pre-show. And again, I don't put a lot of a, you know credibility into that because it's all on the WWE Network. You just have to tune in a little bit earlier. And that's that championship triple threat tag team match that the Viking Raiders won. And, man, they're putting a lot of stock into the Viking Raiders. I mean, they defeat the New Day. They defeat the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh Man, they're putting a lot into the Viking Raiders over the last few weeks, Bully. I think the way to go with the Viking Raiders is to keep them uh, winning matches, keep them out there, even if it's just the squashes that they were doing, which I really don't love, but I get why they do them. And I think they need to start building up the AOP. And I think tonight maybe you'll see the AOP eventually. We saw them lay out uh, uh, Ryder and uh, Hawkins. Last week, I think we'll get to see something from them. They need to push the AOP to the moon and have them kill everybody. I think AOP versus War Raiders. Uh, I can't even believe I just said that. Damn it. 
AOP versus the War Machine <laughs> is uh, is the way to go. They're the War Machine, damn it. Yeah, uh, Viking Raiders. You better uh, watch out. Uh, what War Machine, oh, Viking Raiders, your sister's ass. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever called my sister's ass a War Raider, but... Who knows? Um, really quick, uh, somebody who I think, and, and it's hard to say underappreciated or overlooked when it comes to somebody who's on every show, but Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, I, I may have to use those terms when dis- describing him. He's so phenomenal in the ring. And I thought this one in, in the, it's, uh, it's, it's funny to say, but in Ring of Honor when he was in the feud with Adam Cole, and Kyle O'Reilly finally could never beat he could never beat Adam Cole, and then finally at final battle at the Hammerstein he was able to beat Adam Cole and become Ring of Honor champion. Uh, so good, I, I, he is so good. That's a guy I look at, and that's a guy that could easily be Kyle O'Reilly in Adam Cole's position. That's how good Kyle O'Reilly is. But he's not Adam Cole. No, he's not. And I'm not talking about athletic ability because all of those guys are phenomenal athletes, great wrestlers, technicians, high flyers, blah, 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 all that great stuff. But there's something special about Adam Cole. He has it. He has the look. Could you really have done what you just said, Dave? Could you really have substituted Kyle O'Reilly for Adam Cole? You probably couldn't based on what you're just saying, and and it's the whole package. How come we weren't talking about Kyle O'Reilly at the top of the show? Why were we talking about Adam Cole? Well, I mean, Adam Cole had the the spot of the night and had the best Mm -hmm. match last night. Why did Adam Cole have the spot of the night? And why did Adam Cole have the best match last night? He's put in that position to be that. And listen, this is not my Because he's the star. I I I, I <laughs> Adam Cole is a star. Adam Cole is a star, and he's the leader of that faction for a reason. And he's got the look. He's a damn handsome man. No doubt about it. He very is very handsome. handsome man. Very strapping handsome. young, strapping young lad. I, leader I, of the pack. Go ahead. Alex. I, I have a question based on what you guys were just talking about, though. So, Dave, you and I, we remember that that feud with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly from Ring of Honor and how he could never beat him. And then finally, Adam Cole was the heel, Kyle O'Reilly was the face. And at final battle, he finally got it. And we were there, and it was an amazing moment. Is there something to be said now that NXT has established Adam Cole as such a star that maybe now's the time where you try to get the rest of those Undisputed Era guys over? Maybe in a different way. Maybe it requires breaking them up. Maybe it requires a a friendly sort of feud between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Can you get Kyle O'Reilly to maybe a better position the way his perception is now versus if maybe you did something with him? Down the road, Bully. I think think Alex's point's a good one, but not now. I think what the Undisputed Era has to, and Adam Cole, has to take NXT to that next level. Like, I think once that show is established and it's been around for a while and it's in the mainstream conscious, then, then there's enough emotional investment in Undisputed Era where they could break up and that feud means something. I think if Undisputed Era, let's just say this Wednesday, breaks up for whatever reason and you put uh, Adam Cole in a feud with Kyle O'Reilly, I don't know if it means anything right now because I don't think there's the emotional investment. But maybe a year or two down the road, I think you could do something and I would be totally into a Kyle O'Reilly-Adam Cole feud. Let's see how honest you are, Dave. If the Undisputed Era breaks up tomorrow... 
Cole becomes a superstar. Fish and O'Reilly become a good tag team with possibilities. Roderick Strong gets lost in the shuffle. Yes. Why? I just think uh, just character strength and, like you said, the total package, I, I think they could get lost. Now, on NXT, it's a different story. He could get lost. I didn't say they. I think O'Reilly and Fish could achieve um, more success as a good tag team. I think Roderick Strong will get lost in the shovel. Who was Roderick Strong before he got with the Undisputed Era? He was a, a really good wrestler. And that's it. And just being a really good wrestler for as long as he has has not gotten him far enough. It's... He's not somebody that comes across like a great heel that could be a top heel. It works now because he's part of the Undisputed Era. By himself, I don't think he's that guy. Now, as a face, a lot of people would compare him to Gargano, but I don't think he's that guy either that can really garner that emotional investment. He needs the right opponent. He needs that person that's going to bring him to that next level. So Roderick Strong, if not given that opportunity, could get lost. I'm not you know how I always talk about like a guy need a guy like Seth needs somebody to breathe down his neck and yes. beat the shit out of him. Becky needs somebody to breathe down her neck and beat the shit out of her. That that one type of heel that can get anybody over. I'm not quite sure that heel exists for Roderick because I'm not sure that there's any emotional investment in the person Roderick Strong. I think there's emotional investment in his moves and his work rate and his wrestling ability. I'm not so sure about the emotional investment in him. Isn't that similar to some of the discussions we've had about Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins, when he's with the Shield, phenomenal. Seth Rollins on his own, even last night, a lot of mixed reaction for Seth Rollins. As it's a matter because of-, of the damage that was done in the past couple of months. The worst thing that they did was put him next to Becky. That hurt him. Because it hurt him because he seemed like he was playing, you know, second fiddle to Becky. He was taking a back seat to Becky. And I really believe that there are a lot of men out there that are pissed off that. Seth Rollins got to be with Becky Lynch. And there's probably women also that were mad about that. Becky is supposed to be, for, for fans, it's a very, it's a very uh, close, endearing, personal relationship with their wrestlers. Becky's ours. We helped Becky get to the top. We love Becky. We have a relationship with Becky. And now here comes Seth Rollins, and it's like, no, we don't want you with her. We didn't choose you to be with her. Thus, we don't like you anymore. But that's the point, Bully, is that we're all emotionally invested in Becky Lynch, and we don't have that same emotional investment when it comes to Seth Rollins. How You if- were at one time. At one time, I was, just like we're talking about with Roderick Strong with the Undisputed Era. But here's the thing. If 16 months ago I told you that, like, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins were going to be in the ring together and Seth Rollins was going to get booed and Roman Reigns was going to get cheered, you would have thought I was crazy. But that's what happened last night. Looks like they might have a rebuilding project on their hands with Seth, the same day that they had with Roman. Look at what Roman had to overcome in the past three years. What was the best thing that they did for Roman? Keep him away from the championship. People were tired of having Roman forced down their throat in the championship. They weren't happy about the taker match. So what do we do? Let's get him away from all this stuff. Now, 
uh, Roman Reigns had the cancer scare, but you know this 100%. Even with that scare, and we didn't know about his future and if he'd ever get back in the ring again, if they brought Roman Reigns back and immediately put him in the championship title picture, the fans would have rejected it. There would have been a pushback. But you're 100% right. They kept him away from the title. Hell, they're still keeping him away from the title. And then last night, you saw it pay the dividends because he's in the ring with Seth and they're cheering Roman Reigns. Absolutely. I mean, every it's very easy for, for fans these days to turn sour on you for any reason. And I, I honestly think the Becky situation uh, affected Seth. Now, listen, in real life, I wish those two nothing but a great, great life together. They're both really nice people, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to business and the way fans react to people, I, I'm serious. I think a lot of fans were pissed off that Seth and Becky are a couple because you, you, because fans want to be in the relationship with Becky. Fans want to have that closeness with Becky. Becky belongs to us. Not you, Seth. Not that Be- Becky belongs to Seth. You don't understand what I'm saying. She's not a piece of property. But now Seth can say that Becky is my future wife. Well, or did they get married? No, they, they haven't gotten married yet. Okay. Well, Ric Flair back in the day when he was with the Four Horsemen, did he ever talk about his wife, Beth? No, because that would kill the perception of it. He was talking about all the blondes he had in the limo waiting for him when his match was over. You, you know, th- there is that perception that you don't want to kill. And and I don't know if I 100% buy into it, Bully, but I can't argue your point. I think there are a lot of people where it's like, hey, we're for Becky, and now Seth is in there, and people rejected it. Proof's in pudding, because people d- definitely rejected that whole thing. Actually, I, th- I remember us bringing this up about three or four months ago and us getting a text from a close friend of ours whose opinion we respect a lot, and he totally agreed. And he actually threw in there, he said, yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys are pissed off that Seth is with Becky, and a lot of girls are pissed off also. And I don't think it has anything to do with some kind of um, weird sexual thing. I think it has to do with that relationship that, uh, a fan has with a certain wrestler, a bond, as if they came up together. They all got pushed together. And it's just the fan and Becky, us and Becky against the world. Now you sort of throw Seth in there and you see Seth getting smacked on the ass and, and Seth kind of being treated like a second fiddle. And they look at him like, you're a mush. You're a doormat. Get out of here. We don't want to see you near Becky. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.